Welcome to How to Lead a Group, a leadership podcast for everybody. Still not a great name, but if you guys have recommendations or if you have questions that we're going to get a good name for this podcast, you can email groups at crossroads.net. So in this podcast, we talk to experts. We just distill the, the collective wisdom of the Crossroads community, trying to help all of us learn how to lead groups well, how to care for people that, that God's put in front of us. My name's Eric. I'm a part of the content team here at Crossroads, and I'm joined, as always, by the lovelier half of the podcast. I'm Jamie, and I'm on the communications team. Uh, but let's get to know your host a little more before we introduce our expert. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> this is a question, uh, spoiler alert for our guests, but it's a question we ask all of our guests, and I'm going to ask you, Eric. All right. What is your middle name? I hate my middle name. My middle name is Lane. Like... Lane and a highway. I I hate it. I don't know why my parents gave it to me. The best the best explanation I've ever gotten is my mom saying, Oh, I just liked it. Well, you know. Cool. That's reason Thanks. enough. Thanks, Mom. Some people are named Mercedes. It's true. Like, I don't know. That would have been even more awkward for me. I don't I don't feel like a Mercedes kind of guy. What about you? My middle name is Christevelin. Chris Devlin. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on there. I know. So I asked the question because I wanted to tell you about it. <laughs> Just go ahead. So um, my mom's mother's name was Christine. Um, and I think shortly before I was born, they found out that her on her birth certificate, it said Christine. But her whole life, she was called Ernestine. And my dad's mom's name is Evelyn. So Christ, Evelyn, together, Chris Devlin. Chris Devlin. Does that fit, like, back when you were in high school and you had to fill out the boxes for the Scantron? No. So many times, like, <laughs> no, doesn't. It's 12 letters long. Um, and I, the worst part about it, I didn't want to write it in kindergarten, so I was only Jamie Sims. And B, because when you start school, like, they don't write out the whole middle name because 12 letters is too long and they don't only get to the Christ part of it. So teachers would just take a leap of faith and say, Jamie Christopher. And I'd have to be that real awkward person that's like, well, A, I'm a girl, and B, it's Chris Devlin. Did you ever just think about just going Jamie Christ? I had some friends who didn't really believe in Jesus, and they would call me that, and it would make me so upset. And then I found that when I didn't respond, they stopped calling me that. Can I call you Jamie Christ? You may not. Okay, that's fair, that's fair. All right, we fooled around long enough. Let's, let's introduce our guest. Um, we are joined today um, by, I would say, one of the more well-known people in the Crossroads community. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Our Oakley campus pastor, Chuck Mingo. What's going on? Lane and Chris <laughs> Devlin, it's so great to be with you. Make sure you get those awesome. right. All right, uh, before we jump into the topic today, we want to hit you with the, the rapid-fire get-to-know-you questions that we ask everybody that comes on the podcast. All right, I'm ready. This will be like five questions, 30 seconds, so just real quick hits. All right. Um, for those who might not know you, like, what's your job? And tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, so my job is Oakley Campus Pastor. I get to lead the incredibly diverse, incredibly exciting place um, that's the founding campus of Crossroads. And my family is also exciting and fun and diverse. So married to my wife, Maria, for almost 15 years. And I've got three kids, Nathan, who's eight years old, um, Samuel, who's five, and Isabel, who is two and a half. What's your middle name? Oh, gosh. My middle name is Dewan, spelled like Dwayne, but pronounced like Dewan. 
And all I can say is I was not there when that decision was made. <laughs> oh, so uh, I w- there, there are times in this podcast when I wish it was a video <laughs> just to see your facial expressions right. as you... Not that I have any resentment, Mom, about that, but... <laughs> just saying, just saying. Years of having to explain that pronunciation right. to people. All right, best movie you saw in 2016? Um, oh, man, Deepwater Horizon. Man, that was a good movie. All right. How many cats is too many cats? One, in my opinion. What's your biggest pet peeve? What is my biggest pet peeve? Wow. Does Chuck Mingo get angry? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know what? My biggest pet peeve is lateness. People mm. not showing up on time. Like people showing up 15 minutes late for a podcast. <laughs> I, was I like, hate when people do that. <laughs> wow, that was so ironic. <laughs> do you throw it out there? Do you not throw it out there? Okay. <clears throat> All right. Well, that that's makes for an interesting segue. You know, anytime somebody's late, that sets up potential conflict. And that's actually what we're talking about today. So, you know, you can't get more than, you know, two people in a room for any length of time without inevitably conflict occurring. And so anytime we're in a group setting, conflict is bound to happen. Um, you know, nobody wants it. We're not looking for it. Well, maybe a few people on Facebook are. But, you know, <laughs> but generally speaking, we don't go looking for this and it finds us anyway. Um, give us the kind of the big picture of how you think about conflict and dealing with conflict especially in a group setting yeah that's that's a great one so i always think about the classic group formation model that i'm sure everybody's heard at some point that you know it's um forming nor what is it forming storming storming, norming (laughs) performing you know so when you first get in a group it's like you're just trying to figure it out for the most part people are in their best behavior right you know Mm -hmm. trying to be friendly try to be cool looking for commonalities and at some point you figure out that um, you got to be yourself in a group or you figure out you got to kind of address some conflict that pops up and that storming phase is always uncomfortable but on the other side of it is where all the fruit really happens for a group and so I think that's just a normal part of to your point any group of two or more people getting together Um, so big picture for me is I just don't think you can actually have a thriving group without conflict you know I'm a pastor and I've counseled a lot of couples that are getting married. And the couples that I have the most concern about are the ones that sit in my office and say, we never fight. We love each other all the time. <laughs> You're in trouble because somebody's faking it. Like you can't, there's no, I mean, unless you marry yourself, right? there's going to be differences. And if you haven't uncovered those differences and maybe had a little bit of an energetic conversation about them, then you're not going to get to the norming and performing phase of your marriage. And I think that's true in a group as well. Let me, let me recommend to you, take a canoe trip, uh, unpack groceries and figure out where (laughs) everything goes. I remember the like week after my wife and I got married, the, one of the biggest fights we'd ever had in the history of our relationship at that point came as we were unpacking groceries nice. you know like nice. wait you put this here that's so stupid why would you put that there? that doesn't belong in the crisper <laughs> no so okay impressive. okay so hold on this is this is good so the the like grated parmesan cheese oh. you know yeah, yeah. The stuff, it's pretty lots of yeah. that's cheese right it goes in the fridge i, I knew where this is going i knew where you were it going goes with in the that. fridge i knew where you were going with that. and i was informed it goes in the fridge once it's open no no I think it goes to the, like, well, yes, once it's open. If you go to our house right now, that stuff is not kept in the fridge. 
So what have we learned? What have we learned? We have Italian at their house. (laughs) Pass on the Parmesan cheese. And we've we've also learned Eric lost that argument. That's That's what I learned. I lost that argument, hands down. (laughs) Lost that argument. And also, you're under no no worries because that stuff never lasts long enough in our house to go bad. We open it once and then we use it all. So that's good. It's It's like food doesn't go bad in our house. So so to get us back on topic, uh, you talked about storming being being a normal phase and you know getting a group together and getting it off the ground do you find that they're like common triggers or common um you know setbacks that lead to conflict especially in a group setting you know i i do in, in my experience and i you know a handful of them that come to mind first everybody comes to a group with a different expectation mm-hmm. some people they want to hang out some people they want to go deep fast other people want a combination of those two. Other people want the group to be active. Other group, you know, so so there's always this sense of, you know, five people, six people, eight people having different expectations in a group. And at some point, to get to a common vision, you got to go through conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Those expectations have to be voiced. They have to be debated or discussed. And then at some point, you're going to get to a place where it's like, okay, I may not get everything in this group that I want, but yeah, I, I can agree we're going this direction. Mm-hmm. So I think expectations is a big part of it. Personalities is a big mm-hmm. part of it. I mean, you know, our, our group tool is amazing. It really is awesome. But it can't help you understand the personalities of the people who <laughs> sign up for your group. You've got to meet them and get to know yeah. them. And so I think that that's also a very real um, aspect of conflict. And then honestly, um, spiritual growth requires conflict. And so I think if the group has a purpose of growing you spiritually, you should expect conflict. We see that all throughout the scriptures. I mean, the classic example for me is, you know, in the same sen- in the same paragraph, Jesus calls Peter the rock and then says, get behind me, Satan, to the same person, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, because those were two different growth opportunities. One was, let me affirm that what you're saying right now tells me that the Spirit is working in your life. And then Peter in the next sentence, Jesus was like, let me affirm that what you're doing right now is anti what yeah. Jesus, what, what mm-hmm. God came for. And so even in the first quote unquote Christian small group, we see that <laughs> conflict playing out because of growth. It was for Peter's growth. And so I, I completely expect conflict in groups. Um, I am not a person who likes conflict. And so mm-hmm. one of the things I've had to learn to do is get comfortable with it yeah. and actually lean into it instead of avoid it. So yeah. like, how do you... How do you do that, practically speaking? Mm-hmm. How do you, as the leader, balance your emotions and navigate that? Because, like, I mean, I'm wired the same way you are in that regard. Like, I hate conflict. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm never looking for it. So, yeah. like, my immediate reaction is, how do we fix it? How do we smooth things over? Are people mad at me? Like, all of that sort of thing. Like, how do you, practically yeah. speaking, deal with that? Yeah, that's that's really that's a really good question. Um, one of the things is I've, I've learned to proactively stir it up. And I don't mean start fights Mm. but the expectation conversation is one to have in your group early Mm. hey what do we want to get out of this you know and I've been in groups where because I wanted to keep the peace it was just like okay we got through another week everybody's cool we'll just meet next week (laughs) got through another week everybody's still friendly that's great Um, and then later on you wind up having someone in the group who says hey what are we doing Mm -hmm. what's this about and as the leader, you want to be the one having mm-hmm. that conversation. You don't want that conversation to come up from someone in the group. You want to be proactively creating a space where that can happen. So I think some of it is just planning to have the difficult conversations. And then the other thing is, I, I know I always have to um, have a filter of why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling about this issue. So whenever I enter into a conflict, 
Um, I'm not perfect at it. My wife would tell you I'm maybe <laughs> not great at it, but um, but I want to grow in that area of being able to say, why am I feeling as strongly as I am about this situation? And I find that when I've been able to articulate that before I get into the conversation, mm-hmm. it enables me to do what I'm supposed to be doing in a conflict, which is trying to understand where the other person is coming from, too. You know? So un- unpack that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, you're you're talking there about something that starts to tread into the vision of a leader and like where you're trying to take people and, and, and this end goal you have for them. Mm -hmm. Unpack how that works for you in the moment. Yeah. The best tool you have as a leader are your two ears. It's the best tool you have as a leader. Mm -hmm. The better you are at listening to where people are coming from, the better you will be able to lead them to places that they need to go or you can collectively agree to go together. So um, yeah, so for me, I need to figure out what are the things that would stop me from listening. And if I'm not aware of my triggers, if I'm not aware of the emotional response that I'm having, I'll just be in that space of defensiveness or in that space of anger or in that space of cutting you off. And it'll stop me from doing what the what I'm supposed to do as a leader, which is be able to listen, you know, to be able to hear harsh criticism, to hear something I completely disagree with, but to hear it and process it with you and figure out this third alternative. I think so many times when we go into a conflict, we've we've committed to there's one way or another way. There's just there's two choices. And sometimes the best conflict resolution is when you recognize there is a third option here. Mm. Mm. Maybe that third option is one that we need to explore. I mean, it almost it almost feels to me and this starts to transition into kind of what I think is probably the bigger distinction behind conflict. Um you're, you're almost describing what sounds like phase one of dealing with conflict is like just kind of dealing with it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just trying to manage all of this and kind of keep things from boiling over and yeah. creating chaos. Yeah. To what it sounds like you're describing is something more like you've almost disconnected yourself from it and you're looking at this going like where where can I step in and walk with you to mm-hmm. some new place, you know, mm-hmm. kind of create healing or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Talk about kind of that distinction and, and how you've gotten there. Yeah. And I, and I think I, I, I wouldn't want to articulate it as disconnecting from. I, sure, I think sure, it sure, enables sure, sure. me to connect sure. that I've kind of done some heart work or thought work mm-hmm. in the midst of that. Um, and sometimes you don't get the planning. Bro. I mean, sometimes the conflict <laughs> is like, boom, it's here. All right. And then Surprise. You just, right. So you just, you kind of walk Oh, we're doing it. this now. Hey, we're doing this. This is happening. This conversation is happening. Um, so I think that's, that's really true. Um, I get, I guess to, to step back, what I, what I would say is I remember, um, a, a mentor of mine saying, never waste a good fight, um, in your marriage, never waste a good fight. And I, I think there's truth to that. When things come up in a group that feel like conflict, usually there is something there worth mining. There's gold there. Um, there's, there's a level of understanding there. Um, there might be a level of clarity. Um, a lot of times conflict points out real problems in a group, right? So, oh man, we're having this conflict because there's a problem and we need to figure it out as a group. And so I think, you know, conflict is, conflict in essence is neutral. I think we just tend to think of conflict as it's a negative thing. Conflict is neutral. It's how you respond to it that makes it negative or positive. So if you respond negatively and creates divisions and it creates walls, and obviously that was a negative outcome. But I mean, I, I can think of groups where the person's ability to confront me and deal with conflict was the reason I grew beyond where I was. You know, I mean, that just happened to me in a group um, a couple weeks ago. I was just in a funky place and 
really struggling with some emotions um, toward, my, toward, toward my wife and some things that we were dealing with. And I love that one of my friends in the group said, I hear your concern. You know you sound childish right now, right? <laughs> and so that's fine. Be there. But what does it look like to go beyond that? Well, you know, I mean, that's, that's a challenging statement to make. Right. Um, that could created some conflict. But you know what it did? It called out the inconsistency between how I was showing up and who I want to be. And, and it helped me. It really helped me to be like, oh, you're right. Okay, this is childish. Okay, what does it look like to go beyond this response to actually engage Marie in a way that helps us move forward? And mm. and I need that, you know? I mean, and, and that would have been an easy situation in the group for everybody to think that. You know, we've been in those groups where people have said something like that. Everybody thinks it, but nobody says it. And because of that, that person doesn't get the benefit of the growth that can come on the other side of mm. being confronted with that reality. So mm-hmm. I'm thankful for my friend to do that. Yeah. So. I, I like what you were describing there and how um, your friend confronted you in the moment. How can a group leader equip like their group members to navigate that and you know face it in the moment? Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a that's a million dollar question right there. I think I think it's again if if we if we believe what I think is true around culture is that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Mm-hmm. I think you create a culture of that. Mm. So I think you have to think about, and, and when I think about culture, I think about culture is about language, right? Mm-hmm. Culture is about rhythms or ritual. Culture is about leadership. So the language of, be, you know, like one of the things that I, I do when I started my group, like we had some ground rules. And one of the ground rules, how did I put it? I said, um, this group will be high challenge and high reward. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to set out right up front, if you don't want to be challenged, then this will not be a good group for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also wanted to say, if you're willing to lean into that, that's where the gold is. Mm -hmm. And so that was our first conversation as a group. High challenge, high reward. Um, And so I think you can do that with language. Then I think as a group group leader, one of the things I would encourage you is be the first one to confess sin. Mm -hmm. Be be the first one to admit failure. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the way that you then handle the feedback you get around that will set a culture for the group. Mm. Right. If you're willing to sit in that place where people are now challenging you and helping you grow through something and they see how you receive it and that you're not defensive, mm-hmm. it almost doesn't give permission for them to act any other way. <clears throat> and it gives you permission as a leader to say, hey, no, 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 let's 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 lean in on this one. Maybe maybe there's something here that's uncomfortable for you to hear, but but I want you to lean in on this. And so that those are some of the things that come to mind is like create a culture of healthy conflict, create a culture. You know, we, we have that around here where we talk about um, on staff we have our I Promise document, which is a commitment that we make to each other as a team. And one of the things in there is how we handle conflict. And it's 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 based on the biblical um, scripture at Matthew 18, where it says, if you have a problem with your brother, you go to your brother with the problem. And it says, and if you still haven't resolved it, then you can bring two or three other people along who might understand that and you can have another conversation. And then if that doesn't work, then you go to leadership and you kind of bring in the church. And we, we use that around here and it's really, really healthy. And one of the great... Um, benefits to that is I can literally sit in this seat and say, I'm good with all of the however many people there are on Crossroads staff right now. Mm-hmm. That there is nothing that's unresolved because if there is, they're going to come to me with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a powerful thing to be like, I'm good, I'm good with 
You know, I'm mm-hmm. good with you guys right now. Chris Stevelin and Lane, I'm good with them. I can call them that. <laughs> well, if you're, they have you're issues, about to okay. not be with <laughs> Lane. I'm just saying. We're about to start the Matthew you want the Matthew 18 process is starting right now. <laughs> but like, that's a really healthy thing. And again, in the group, that's what you want. You want it to be a place where people know they can speak truthfully to each other. Mm-hmm. And if there's an issue, it's going to be addressed, not going to be suppressed, not going to be, yeah. I'm going to start building alliances over here, but we can talk about stuff in the group. That's another thing I would say. There's nothing more powerful than talking about the group with your group. It's great to do your studies together. It's great to pray together, but there is nothing more powerful than saying, hey, how are we doing as a group and have that conversation with the group? Yeah. Man, that'll take your group to a new place. Yeah, it's, it's super counterintuitive because it feels like, oh, that, that'd be redundant. That'd be right. like... Why would we need to do that? And mm-hmm. then and then you start doing it and go like, oh, wait, every single person was in a different place about where they thought we were. <laughs> right. That's right. One, one other piece I love, I'd love to circle back to real quick, mm-hmm. embedded in what you were just talking about, how about how you navigate this well. You know, there's obviously a big piece, especially as the leader, a big, a big piece of authenticity that you have to have here, like that vulnerability and transparency. And we talk uh, quite a bit about that around here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was also a piece about... You, you made the comment, like, be the first one to confess sin and, and being being transparent in that way. How do you, you know, in these sorts of, con, you know, in these sorts of moments when conflict is on the table, um, you know, repentance is one thing when, you know, when we've had time to cool off. Yeah. How do you, how do you walk people through it in those moments when things are emotionally charged? And also just... Break repentance down. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's one of those words where people are like, oh, it no, is. I repent. Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? So, um, well, yeah, so let's, let's talk. So when I think about repentance, the word just simply means to change your mind. Mm-hmm. That's what the word means. So whenever you see in the Bible, that's what it means. And I often make the joke that some of us grew up in church contexts like mine where repentance didn't happen unless there was snot and tissues involved, right? You had mm-hmm. to be like tearful, crying. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's repentance. Oh, yeah. They're yeah good. You, that's, yeah. For that's for real. <laughs> that's for that real right real. there. Um, and honestly, in the Bible, what I see is that repentance can and should be a regular rhythm of, the, of a believer, just like breathing. Mm-hmm. I should probably be repenting as much as I'm inhaling and exhaling because because I'm continuing to see more areas in my life where I need it. So when I think about repentance, that's what I mean. Now, in a group context, um, as a community, we've kind of said, hey, here's what that might look like. Mm-hmm. You know, you recognize that there's an area in your life where you've been going a direction that's inconsistent. Right. So, man, I recognize I, I lied. I lied about that thing. Man, I I've been positioning myself this way. But the truth is, this is where I really am. I, I want to repent of that, meaning I want to change my mind and I want to start living in honesty. And in a group context, when somebody gives voice to that, it's an opportunity for us to literally remind them of God's grace, mm-hmm. to look them in the eye if they're a follower of Jesus and say, you're forgiven for that. Mm-hmm. You're forgiven for that. And you're also empowered to change. Mm-hmm. And so when we kind of do that in a group setting and say, hey, you're forgiven for that, the next thing we do is we bless them. We say, hey, and you're blessed to not be a liar, but to be a truth teller. So I see you that way. God sees you that way. And in this group, you can be that way. You can be a truth teller. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we pray for them just that God would empower them to do that. So that's a process of repentance. And I don't remember what the next question was. I just remember that I was supposed to. Which is like, is there anything anything that you tweak in that when, you know, when emotions are are higher and and, it's that sort of kind of charged environment? Yeah, that's a good point. I I do. And this is is me. Um, First of all, I love it when people come to a place in the moment where they can 
own that and repent and turn. Mm-hmm. And I also recognize that's that's God's work. Yeah. And some people need a day or a week to come back to that. Mm. And so I don't I, I never want to force a person to do something that feels inconsistent with how they're feeling emotionally in that moment. There are yeah. times for that for sure, but sure. that doesn't necessarily feel like one of those times for me. It depends on the situation. I mean, obviously if they they say they're going to leave there and kill someone, then I <laughs> probably want to handle that before yeah, we leave the room. But let's, you know, let's talk a little let's, bit. Let's more. keep talking. But you yeah. know, if it's something like okay, I got to process through that a little bit. And then again, what you celebrate this, and this is where group leadership is. It's not a mystery. What you celebrate gets replicated in a group. Mm-hmm. So when someone has the courage to hear that feedback, deal with their emotions, and come to another place and say, I, I, I see that you guys are right, and I want to go in a different direction, man, I celebrate the heck out of that. Mm-hmm. I, will, I, will, I literally will. I will camp out for like three, four minutes and just celebrate the heck out of that person and, and, and continue to call it back to vision. Like, man, this is what growth looks like. When we can be like this... God is working in our lives, man. Well done. That is the way to go. I mean, I will, I will literally effuse crazily about right. that because I want the rest of the group to know that's what healthy growth looks like. Yeah. That's what healthy conflict resolution looks like. It looks like being able to get to the other side of something, even with your emotions. You don't have to be devoid of your emotions. And so I think you, as group leaders, you want to celebrate where you see people being. And I would, and I, what, what would we call those people? We call them teachable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what that means is you're teachable. I mean, if you're so intracted that when people confront you, you can't change or you can't see how that might be a part of how you're showing up, that just tells me you're not teachable. Yeah. And, and I just think that, that that's not where any of us want to be. And it's not where we'll experience the fullness of life in Christ. We have to stay soft, malleable, and teachable. I love that you're so passionate about this. Uh, let's make it really practical for our leaders out there. Um, what's one thing that they could put into practice this week? What's the pro tip? The yeah. pro tip on conflict? Yeah. Don't avoid it. I mean, it's. I wish I could make some pithy statement, but... <laughs> <laughs> Don't avoid it. Don't avoid it. Don't avoid it. Right now, there's a person in your group you know you need to have a difficult conversation with. Mm. Have it. Mm. This week, have it. Um... Actually, Eric's in my group. I'm going to have it with him. No, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, I got one to have with you. No, seriously. I I, I mean, I, th- there's no magic to this. Um, and here's what you should know. I guess here's the other pro tip. Expect it to go wrong. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Expect it, expect it to go wrong. Expect that you'll be able to walk away from that and say, oh, man, I wish I would have done this. And you know what? Keep having them anyway. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a story about a time, perhaps, oh, where it went wrong? Oh, can I? Let, let's oh, humanize man. this for, for oh, the listeners I? a little bit. Oh man, well, I, I could. I mean, there's probably a lot of stories of how I've handled conflict poorly. Most about not handling it. That's that's <laughs> been my biggest challenge, honestly. Um, for for some strange reason, I'm the only person in the world who has people in their groups like this. But I have an over talker in every group I've been. I know nobody else has that. I know I'm mean, so weird. No, just, you're so ne- unique. In that. I get them all. I get them all. <laughs> That's but, why none of the rest of us have them. <laughs> That's right. Just send them my way. Um, but I had, to, I had to really learn. I had to really learn the damage done to a group if I don't confront the overtalker. And so I can think of a group that I had where it was all guys. But there was one guy, man. He just, gosh, he just could not, could not honor. Um, man, we're we're not all gonna spend twenty minutes on this question. Like you really need to get yourself, you know, concise. And I would never cut him off. And I just let him talk. 
and I'm telling you, it was like watching the group dwindle. You know, first it was, oh man, I'm not gonna be able to be there. I'll be there next week, and you know, sometimes those people would come back. But over time, the group literally just shrunk. And I knew what the reason was, and it was because I didn't have the courage to confront him, to have a difficult conversation with him about being the overtalker. And so for me, um, one of the things I'm just committed to now is I'll never do that again. Because it seems small at the time, but um, he was he was diminishing the opportunity for other people to learn and reflect on what was happening in their lives. And it killed the group. So it's a small example, but an important example for me of even if it's a big or small issue, don't avoid the conflict. Have it talk it over and a lot of times people just don't know yeah it's a blind spot mm. they don't know what they don't know mm. and when you share it with them a lot of times it's it's it benefits both of you you get a better group but they also get to grow in an area that maybe god's been wanting to grow them into so i think that reiterates that what you said earlier conflict is neutral right. so if you avoid it it can be very negative mm. and if you confront it and you power through the positive is it can lead to growth yes so. Yes. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Well, Chuck, thank you for joining us this morning. Yeah, good to be That's with awesome. you guys. Thanks for having me. All right. All right well, what are we doing next time? Why do you ask? Because I know you're not going to know the answer every time, and it frustrates you, and it's great. It's super enjoyable. Well, great. I still don't know, but I'll be there next time. Right. Awesome. Tune in next time. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon.